Hi, welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. We had a great show today. We've been meaning to get this guy on for a long time, and, and we were we were welcoming for the first time Zach Harper onto the Limited Upside Podcast. You might know him from Fan Rags. He's a great Twitter follow at Talk Hoops. And we had a lot of fun talking NBA hypotheticals. The season's over. We are no longer tethered to things like the Warriors and the Cavs. We can talk about more interesting stuff, like how we would shake up the NBA historically if we could do things over. Some alternative universe NBA talk. So it was a lot of fun. Preda had a lot of views that I didn't share, and you know how we talk. So it was, it was a good, good banter, competitive sports banter. But before you listen to this podcast, please do all the things that we always ask. That is subscribing, rating, reviewing. This is a Vox Media Podcast Network podcast. So that means there's other cool podcasts within the Vox Media Network. Check those out. But before you do all those things, including looking for those other podcasts, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SBNation.com backslash MBA and find, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We appreciate all the comments we get. The feedback is always greatly appreciated. And we take them into consideration. And as you'll see on this podcast, we did a lot of fan questions. It really helps us move along the plot. Uh, and, and the narrative of the NBA, there's that word again, narrative. Um, but we really appreciate that. You can hit us up with those questions um, on email. That's MikePreda at SBNation.com or on Twitter at MikePredaSBN at Limited underscore Upside or at EpiBen. Uh, again, enjoy this podcast. Zach is a, is a great guest, a really fun guy to talk to, knows his NBA, and I think that you will really enjoy this episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. Welcome back, Limited Upside Podcast. Mike Prada here, Ben Epstein in the studio over there. And on the Skype line is a guest that I've wanted to have for a long time, but has had a busy schedule. Obviously, he's a part of another very popular podcast, also from FanRag Sports. Zach Harper, what's going on? I am in a great mood, mostly because I get to talk to Fantastic. you Fantastic. Wow, that, that's very nice of you. Now, really, why are you in a great mood? <laughs> Uh, I just I, I I haven't slept a whole lot in the last couple of weeks, and so when it, surprisingly most people get cranky, I just get delirious, and when I'm delirious, I'm <laughs> that's better. Mood. That's just like the natural brain drugs. Yeah. That's the best kind. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you sound similar to Prado, who has like I, friends of mine who love basketball, love watching it, but don't work in it, have that sadness, right? You need to fill the void of oh, shit. There's something I should be watching tonight. You guys, and I'm not going to speak for you, Zach, but with Mike, I can promise you that the vibe when the season ended was like, thank God, and actually. Actually, it was, why didn't this just end in four? Because it made game five on Mike's birthday. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. That's not, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge birthday guy, but I, but I, like, I would not want to have to work yes. on my birthday. That's for sure. Yeah. It happens a lot, but I think what made this one especially <laughs> painful is that it could have very easily been avoided. Like, I've had, I've had, there have been finals games on June right. 12th yeah. before. Right. right. But never... Like where it was 3-0 and the other team, we knew who was going to win the series anyway. It was just a matter of time. But, I mean, traveling around is harder than just being in my, you know, house and working late. And, on a, you know, it's more difficult. I heard, I heard plenty of horror stories from Paul and other people who are out there. You know, yeah. that, that's a totally different sort of tired. Yeah, and getting out of Cleveland, I, I don't really understand. There are a lot of flights that go into Cleveland, but none of them come out. <laughs> So I don't know what happens to the planes. I don't know what happens to just flight patterns in general. Um, but it was so hard getting a flight 
out of there after game four uh, that I would have just rather like been able to go home instead of trying to find my way back to right. San Francisco. Uh, it wor- ended up working out, and I, I ended up having to stay up the whole night just to get a flight in the early morning at the last minute. Um, so that added to the delirium, I guess. But it was uh, – I just don't get it. Like how do you have flights into an airport and I think that's a metaphor out? for Cleveland well, actually? I was gonna say <laughs> if they don't if they don't have it that way, everybody would just leave. It's a way I to guess, keep people there. It's the most constipated airport in the world, and it's not even that busy. I don't get it. Um, excellent, cool. Well, let's take that that notion of uh, constipation and let's be a little free here, right? Let's let's let this loose. Yeah. Oh, that let's was let a this good loose. segue. That was a good segue. <laughs> I, I wish I could wow. say it's the first time that constipation's come up on this podcast, but uh, it's not. Okay. With that being said, we. Uh, I don't know. Really? Maybe at this point, Mike. At this point, you're supposed to just go with that as a segue, dude. We've done hundreds of these. Come on. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Sorry. My fault. Right. My fault. But uh, we wanted to have fun with this episode, right? So, uh, Zach, someone who has a strong Twitter presence. So are you, Mike? We decided to crowdsource a little bit here uh, and get some ideas of things that are people are interested in around the NBA world that are not the NBA Finals. Uh, we've been talking plenty about that. The Warriors, Cavs. That has consumed a lot of our discussion, and, and rightfully so, over the last month or so, um, last couple months. So we decided to do some sort of um, alternative realities, some different ways that the NBA world could have gone. Call them hypotheticals, theoreticals, whatever you want to call them. Um, we decided to explore what the NBA world could have been or what it could possibly be had some things gone a little differently. And uh, I guess the best place to kick this off is with a team. Why don't we use the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because we had a, a good Ooh, question on yes. that one. I know it's near and dear to Zach's heart here. Uh, and, and that, I guess, the best place to start with is sort of that, um, that fulcrum point when things changed. Uh, there was a very pivotal draft, the 2009 draft. Zach, you might remember it. I, I guess the Wolves had a few picks in the top 20 that year. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, five, five and six, and uh, they went great. <laughs> so with with that, and eighteen and twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Right, sorry, it's okay. we'll get there. We'll get there. So with that in mind, here's your first uh, situation we're going to discuss. Uh, alternative path one: <laughs> they draft Steph Curry instead of Johnny, uh, Johnny Flynn, uh, and you have but you have okay. to keep the one and only David Kahn around for the foreseeable future. He's now a part of the franchise. We'll call it indefinitely. Or option B: you play it out and you have the team you have now. What are we doing, Zach? Oh man, um, I'm. I mean, I love me some Steph Curry. Uh, I I pattern my post thirty pickup game after him in the sense that I just go three point line to three point line. I don't. I I shoot ridiculous shots and uh, and hopefully they go in. Uh, well, I guess with him it's not really so much a hope as a as a likelihood. Yeah, um, yeah more a little more calculated for sure. Um, and I just like he's so much fun to watch and watching him in a Timberwolves uniform. Uh, become this would have been unbelievable, but you know, you know the what was it? Iocane powder was the poison <laughs> in um, in yeah. Princess Bride. It was like this really like low key. You couldn't taste. There was no smell. There was no taste. Like you had no idea that you yeah, had been poisoned. Yeah. Uh, David Kahn is the opposite of that poison. He is <laughs> he is the most overt poison possible, and so you know you can smell it, you can taste it, you can you can feel it. You know that you've been poisoned when he's around. He was by far the most toxic situation the Timberwolves have ever experienced, and that's saying quite a bit. Um, so, you, so hold up. You'd rather not have the chance to root for a generational star that is so popular and so much fun to watch because of your general manager? Like he's Correct. that bad. 
because I don't think David Kahn allows Steph Curry to get to this point. He may have like continued. He would. He may have like revoked his his health insurance <laughs> at some point to to make sure he doesn't get ankle <laughs> surgeries to fix that. Like he would have found some way to make it awful. He once uh, took a contract extension that he knew Kevin Love didn't want. He took the offer into the weight room and handed it to Kevin Love in the middle of a workout, uh, which Kevin Love then threw in the trash as he walked out. Um, this is. This is such a poison that I will take the current situation. I actually don't mind the current situation. Love me some Carl Anthony Towns. He may be a, a generational talent uh, relatively soon. I like Wiggins. I like Levine. Um, I, I'm willing to give Thibodeau a few years to figure it out. Uh, so I'm okay with the current situation. I'm not okay with putting Steph Curry in the hands of David Kahn. Now, you still get, by the way, all the bad stuff that happened between now and then, right? Yeah. You right. still get like the awful season that you had you still get part of the David Kahn era it's not like he's totally gone but you obviously only get him until when did they finally fire him 2012 12 sounds right yeah 1213 something so, like that so you get everything that led up to this point but you also yes you get Towns and Wiggins and now this very promising future but you also get everything else that doesn't change anything for you can't you would have Kahn <laughs> I can't. I can't have more Conum. I couldn't have another. If, if, even if it was just one more day of David Conum, I, I couldn't do it. He becomes couldn't your next it. door neighbor, and you're like, "That's it. We're moving." Right. Like, All right. Well. Go. Some Wait, what Yemen. if David Kahn was your next door neighbor, but he wasn't the GM of the Timberwolves, and you had to invite him over to watch every Timberwolves <laughs> game? I would. I would burn. <laughs> I would burn my house down, and maybe be inside it. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, like, so he's not in charge of personnel. You just yeah. have to look at him. Yeah, no, like, and he'd be one of those guys who's like, hey, you know, this tree is growing over the side of my fence. I need you to take care of that. Uh, you know, make sure you don't park your car in front of my house. Like, it would be a lot of that crap. I can't, no, there's no way. Yeah, he would be a bad neighbor. I could totally see him pulling one of those moves. Or, like, you know how, like, let's say his, like, house is on a corner and there's, like, a little shortcut to cut through to walk somewhere. He would just not let you do it. Oh, he'd, like one he'd of those. hire security to, like, make sure that they come out of the house immediately as soon as you took that little shortcut. And he'd, he'd <laughs> threaten to have you arrested for trespassing. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of neighbor he would be. Okay, so just no David Kahn at all. I, I think I'd rather take Steph Curry. He's fun to watch. And I That's could fair. easily delude myself into watching Steph Curry and not – I never have to actually see or watch David Kahn yeah. ever. Uh, I know he, he makes decisions, right? But, like, presumably – your team will not maybe win a title, but presumably your team will not be an embarrassment with Steph Curry and Kevin Love on mm -hmm. the team. You know, like you'd still yeah. be a pretty good team. You may not, I mean, you'd be a playoff team. You could just never listen to a David Kahn interview. You could just follow a draft on Twitter, you know, and you can just watch Steph Curry highlights whenever yeah. you want. Yeah. I think I would take it's that. It's definitely a. He's somewhere in the. He's yeah. somewhere in the it's background. A, it's, a, it's a debate, yeah. and I can definitely see the you know the vitriol from a fan base having had to experience <laughs> a David Kahn. I mean, I still think occasionally I'll wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night and just like scream Billy King, and I don't even know why. Um, but <laughs> that's uh, that's the Sixers part of my brain. Uh, let's talk some more um, hypotheticals here. I have I have like, one more. Yeah. Can I have? Can I, well, okay, I, go ahead. Because I, I was gonna ask. I was gonna put you in the. Spot yeah, no, I knew you want to get to the Sixers one. Okay, fine. Go for it. We'll do that. I'll, I'll get to the uh, Alex right. Rubenstein gave us a good. Uh, it combines both right, Vivek, the Warriors and the 2012 Bobcats. So we'll get there. Okay, okay do that. Okay, one, so um, 
obviously Vivek uh, Renadive gave us the um, the incredible NBA strategy that worked really well with his sixth grade daughter's team to uh, play four on five and put someone down at the other end. Um, let's take away that person at the other end. Now we're just playing four on five basketball. It's the Warriors big four against the 2012 Bobcats starting five in a seven game series. How do we see that going? <laughs> Oh, give me give me the four. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I think the Warriors win. So the starting five for the Bobcats that year was what? It was DJ Augustine. I don't even know. Uh Boris Diaw. Uh Gerald Henderson was on that team. Uh was Sagana Jop starting? <laughs> Maybe. Like, what I, was I need to look this up. <laughs> keep keep speculating on this. <laughs> like what was that starting five? Um oh they had Corey Nagetti that year. Was he in the starting lineup? Uh oh Kemba Walker yeah. was a rookie. Oh, Byron Mullins God, was on that team. team. Byron Mullins they started. Had, uh, Roger Mason Jr. was on the team. Their, mo- their most used starting lineup, which yeah. was 10 games, um, was DJ Augustine, Gerald Henderson, Corey Maggette, Tyrus Thomas, Bismack <laughs> Diombo. So but it's okay. still five on four, five professional NBA basketball players against four great ones. Uh, yeah, four yeah, and Tyrus Thomas. I think so, too. I think, yeah. four, I think the four big Warriors are uh, big four for sure, actually, in that. Um, and, and no offense to uh, Gustavo Ayan, who was also on that team. Yeah. Oh. Legend. <laughs> legend. Wait, he was? I Maybe that was the next here. season? No, it's 2012 roster. I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. All right. So how would this actually yeah. play out, right? Like, so if you're the four Warriors, like, you, you wouldn't guard Biombo, nope. right? So obviously Draymond Green would still be able to roam. You probably wouldn't guard um, Gerald Henderson. If you're the Charlotte players, would you – play straight up and then use Biombo to just help on whoever the hell you want? Like, how would you actually play that? Zach, you might know better than I would here. I, yeah, I think I would go... I think I would... Now, all right, this is a lot of trust in him, but, like, I think I'd let Tyrus Thomas roam. Oh, I would a lot keep of trust Biombo, in him. It is. It's a lot of trust. But I don't trust DJ Augustine to be um, feisty enough to truly you know, disrupt whatever Steph Curry was doing in normal double teams. So I think you need that length and you can't bring over Maggette or Gerald Henderson. I think you need Biombo at the rim just to just to be that guy to protect. And you just hope Tyrus Thomas funnels Steph in kind of a hybrid trap uh, into the right areas. So I think I, I think that's the way I would go. And then you'd play what Gerald Henderson and Corey Maggette straight up on Clay and KD and you would live with KD just scoring. Yeah, that doesn't sound great, yeah. does it? <laughs> no, <laughs> it really doesn't sound good. <laughs> I actually think this is a pretty. I, can I ask this other yeah, Warriors yeah. hypothetical that was way wackier sure. that I came up with? Okay, fine. All right, same deal. You can play all four the four Warriors stars, but your fifth player has to be one okay. of us three. I'm six three. Okay. Okay. And, okay. It, it, right now, you guys yeah. play a lot more than me, like or at least Ben used to. Ben before he suffered serious injuries. Um, Zach obviously plays a lot, and I don't play as much. So, coach gets to decide which of us gets to play. It just at all times, one of us has to be in the game, or you can only the Warriors can only play one of those four players. But at with the time. regular roster, with the regular roster. Hmm. Huh. Are we still are we still going yeah, against yeah. the Bobcats? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we're going against the oh, Bobcats. Then one of us, for sure. But yeah, yeah okay, fine. So got to yeah. be one of us. Which team would oh. be better? Who would have more wins? <sighs> probably, pro- <laughs> probably I mean, the five professional athletes. Uh, I don't know. I, 
I'm not a nearly as a springy as I used to be. It's not that my first jump was compromised by the blown Achilles. It's my second and third, you know? Um, <laughs> sure. So I'm totally kidding. I'm not explosive at all um, as an athlete. I never was. But I, I got to believe that, like, they would put Iguodala or something like that, um, you know, or, or Livingston or one of those guys to just take the ball from me. So it would really be five on four regardless. I don't want to get. Yeah. Oh, oh you're imagine. saying like if they play each other? No, I'm saying like they play a whole oh, season. Oh, like which, which has more wins in a, regu- in a regular season? Uh, yeah, pro- probably the four of them and one of us. Yeah, I think I think we could hold our own and like uh, I'd have to get in the right conditioning mindset, you know. I'd also have to play defense. Zach, I know that's something we might have in common here. Oof. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's problematic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that. It's not a lifestyle no. I'm accustomed to. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gotta I would, go with I gotta go with the four plus one of us because. <laughs> You still have those four Hall yeah. of Famers or eventual Hall of Famers on the floor. All right, so they hide their worst defender on one of us. Like that's, we're still doing pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what what would we do? Like, if it were me, I would just like sit on the sidelines and just get out of the play. I would be scared of being getting box in the out, way. set screens. I would box I, out, set screens. I would be calling for the ball constantly, <laughs> <laughs> and also be like real petty oh, if I, you don't get the ball. Like, you know, why am I even on this yeah. team? What am I doing here? Yeah, exactly. Well, Knowing how you play, I feel like there would be a moment like a game, a tight playoff game where they just leave you wide open and they pass you the ball. And it's like, you know, how like when Pat McCall catches the ball, he like is very reluctant to shoot, but occasionally yeah. he does. I, I have that, no reluctance <laughs> in shooting. I have zero reluctance in shooting. <laughs> to shoot the ball and there would be all these sort of Skip Bayless takes about like, oh, is Kevin Durant really a superstar if he's willing to pass the ball to Zach Harper with the yeah, game on the line? Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was the right play because Zach was wide open. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, I, I would say, by the way, I would take the one plus four NBA yeah, players. Yeah. You would, o- over us. I, I would. I, did, I disagree with you. I would take the one plus Don't sell yourself short, players. Myers. Um, that's step one. <laughs> yeah, because even if you're going like – if you're going like Durant, Livingston, Iguodala, David West, Patrick McCaw, they they right. still probably do pretty well. I mean, it's just that team probably goes like a team with Durant and, or Steph on it probably makes the playoffs. Doesn't yeah. matter who else you have. Well, let's let's do a hypothetical of the other team that was in that NBA Finals. Let's let's talk about. Uh, we have a good uh, question here from one of our listeners, uh, Jan Studebaker. Thank you for for this one. Um, if LeBron never goes back to Cleveland. How would we project a Tristan Thompson, Kyrie, Waiters, Wiggins-led team in the Eastern Conference? What would that core have accomplished by this point? What do you think, Prada? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, that, that, that cut out. For sure, me. sure. No, it was not, oh, what, what Mike said or what, I, what the question was. Sure, no, sure. Question. So, yeah, if LeBron never goes back to Cleveland, how would a Tristan Thompson, Kyrie, Waiters, Wiggins-led core, uh, what would they have accomplished by this point? And Mike not said much. not much. Yeah, uh, not I have much. to agree with that. <laughs> like that's that's maybe yeah. the eighth seed in a couple of, in some seasons. That's maybe the eighth seed, but I can't imagine. Like, just where where's the leadership coming other from? than waiters, right? Dion, yeah, okay. yeah. right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst defensive backcourt yeah. in the league yeah. by far. Wiggins is not good yet. As you okay, know we're going to well. get to that question because that was a big SB Nation studio question for Prada. We might as well hop directly into that right now. Well, I know I know Zach is not a big Wiggins fan, right? Uh, no, I believe Ooh. in Wiggins. I he has some real problems in this game, but I believe in the long. Okay, we have, we have okay the long long term, but not right now. Um, I would say he's an above. Okay, we have two player. two um, offshoots of that question then. 
We'll get right to it. I don't even want to spend too much time on even thinking or racking my brain about what a Waiters Kyrie Wiggins team would look like. <laughs> One basketball on the court, and you have to play defense. That team would be terrible. Okay, but we do have this debate in here, which is that Prada, I believe you told uh, – one of the other, maybe it was Christian or, or uh, Alex Rubenstein here, that you do not think that Wiggins is a top 100 player in the NBA. That's I, when did I, No, I, I didn't say that. I, what I, are you talking about? Well, when did I say I, that? I believe this was a conversation that was had in here, uh, or at least maybe you can take this up with your, your writing team here, but they think that you don't have Wiggins in the top 100? Oh, no, I well, let's play maybe, some. Where, where would know. you I, put I, Wiggins in this NBA? Just in a ballpark range, in like the 80 to 90, 70 to 80, whatever. Where would you place Wiggins in this NBA? That's question one. And then question two, Zach, who is better right now, and where do you see in the, the long run that kind of um, the power between Wiggins and Zach Levine moving on that, on that uh, Timberwolves team? Okay, so I think I'd put Wiggins like around the 70 okay. to 80 range. Um, maybe closer to 80 uh, in terms of today's players. And then I think Wiggins is absolutely the better player moving forward uh, with Zach Levine, just because Wiggins can play on-ball defense. Levine can't play that Mm -hmm. side of the floor at all. Does torn ACL change your mind at all? Like, Does does that make it easier? I don't think that... I just don't think that's really, unless it becomes a recurring injury, if it's just a one-time torn ACL, like that's not really a career killer mm-hmm. anymore. So like if anything, it just makes him, you know, refocus his body, learn how to take care of it better, and I think he's fine moving forward. Yeah, because if it was pre-torn ACL, I might have said that Levine is actually a better fit, but now with the torn ACL to me, it's like kind of no doubt that I would just take Wiggins. Um, where would I rank him? I mean... Who is like the seventieth best player in the NBA? Is that like Jay Crowder? Like, or we is that too high for Jay Crowder? Is it like that type know, of player? The, the NFL does that top one hundred players list, and it's always really, really stupid to me because football is two different sports that play together, right? For, and, you know, defense and offense. Right. Uh, so there's that. Um, and who was that? Who was the CBS Sports top one hundred seventieth player last year or whatever that you and you guys did? Um, that's a hell of a question. <laughs> let me lo- let me yeah. look it up. Because, because, like in my head, I think of Wiggins as a name and like a brand within the NBA already, having maybe accomplished more from that standpoint than what his actual game has accomplished. Uh, and so that's where sort of right. like there's the the perspective of maybe what a GM would think, and then there's a perspective of what like the NBA consensus fan base would would kind of think. Um, yeah. they they don't run congruent. Like they, like they rank Justice Winslow seventy. Yeah, he's better than him. He's way better yeah. than Justice Winslow. <laughs> Number seventy is Enos Kanter. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's way better definitely than better than yeah. Enos Kanter, but I'm yeah. kind of questioning like, that thinking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this isn't holding up all that well a year later. <laughs> Enos was better last year. That's true, though. Um, yeah, Victor Oladipo is seventy four. That's probably about the range we're talking about. Yeah, and, like, okay. I think Wiggins is better than Oladipo. All right, all right. I'll give you this. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Who who okay. is the uh, right. the Wolves point guard of the future? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it's not Ricky. It's uh, it's not Chris Dunn, even though hmm. they want to believe it's Chris Dunn. Uh, I will say that it ends up being George Hill. <laughs> Dude, I love George that Hill. you brought up George Hill George because Hill. I have in our – and we're going to get to the lightning round later where we do some more just like in theory one player versus the other player who would you rather have. And I literally have Rubio or George Hill on this list. Oh, 
two guys. Well, I think I think the answer to that one is actually pretty easy. But I'm less of a Rubio fan than others. I know that's something I'm aware of as well. Um, So so it's not Chris Dunn. (laughs) Talk me through the logic of drafting this guy in the top five last year and not having any long term. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people. You know, a lot of people, even outside of the Wolves, were just very sold on like this guy being a an NBA ready point guard. Um, he could score. They thought he was a good enough playmaker. He could defend, and so it just kind of like you could plug him in right away. And then, my God, like I mean, I don't know that I've seen him throw a pass into a shooter's pocket at once yeah. this season. Um, he is like I think he's a special defender. Like he's not even just like a good defender for a rookie. Like he's already a good NBA defender. Um, but he can't shoot. He can't make layups. He can't make free throws. He doesn't really get to the free throw line. He's not a good, you know, playmaker for others. Uh, he has a lot to learn, and it doesn't bother me that he's already what, like, 22, 23 years old. That doesn't worry me in terms of like what his long term like potential could be. It's that he's so bad at the other stuff <laughs> already after like three or four years of college. So like, I think his upside is probably like a Tony Allen type of player. Which is a sure. good role player. You can do a lot with a Tony Allen type of player, but that's not right. that's not a point guard, right? That's not a starting right. point guard on a Mark winning is team. Smart. Yeah. Marcus right, Smart like, type of player. Like, yeah, like maybe he could be Marcus Smart. That seems to be asking a lot, but um, but like how excited are you to have Marcus Smart as your starting point not guard? Very, yeah. Not very, uh, right? No, not very. Uh, their point guard of the future will be uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. or whoever is. I wouldn't mind Derek. that as long as it's as long as it's not Derrick Rose. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, the, those rumors have got to die. Um, actually, I will you know say this: can, that he, they are very. I mean, Thibodeau is still very high on Derrick Rose. Mm. Yeah. Well, I can. Say so, that are you sure? Him. Are you sure you wouldn't mind the Steph Curry with David Kahn thing? <laughs> I can't. I can't have another thirty seconds of David Kahn in my life. Uh, all right, settle this for us then before we move on to other stuff. So, a couple people in our office are convinced that the cat that love for Wiggins was a mistake for the Cavs that trade, and in an alternate reality, they're actually better off in the, even the short term with Andrew Wiggins. Why is that not true, or is that not true? Uh, Wiggins just wasn't going to provide for them what they would need out of him on a title contender. And so you can say, hey, Kevin Love hasn't been all that good or all that good of a fit. And I agree. But he's been enough of a playmaker, enough of a a guy spreading the floor, um, still a pretty good rebounder, at least takes up bodies on the off, on the offensive boards and allows Tristan to do what Tristan does even more so um, than he normally would. And you weren't going to get that out of Wiggins as good or as not good as Wiggins is right now, depending on who you talk to. Like he wouldn't be this good on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They don't have a good history of developing players. Um, they don't have, uh, I don't think LeBron is going to, you know, be the mentor that gets him in the right frame of mind at, you know, at, from, from day one, not that LeBron can't do it. I just think LeBron's focused on winning yeah. and not, you know, developing this young guy on the roster. And, and I, I also credit the Timberwolves development staff. Like they have some really good guys working with him, and I think it's helped improve his game enough to where he's he's someone that sort of matters, you know, for you know a non non playoff addition. Like he's someone that sort of matters. And I don't I just don't think he would be as good as he is now on that Cleveland team. 
I agree. I think it's just we look at it when they play the Warriors, it's like, oh, they don't have enough wing players. <laughs> but we forget that the Cavs also play 28 other right. teams. And Kevin right, was exactly. pretty damn good against all the other teams. And they got a ring. Yeah. They, you, like, you got a ring. And as, they got a fluke, ring. <laughs> as fluky as that ring is, like, you still yeah. got the ring. And so that trade is justified yeah, exactly. because of that. Yeah. It worked. All right. Um, I want to throw one random question in here before Mike gets to what I'm sure will be something related to my favorite player's history of injuries. Um, so we'll get to that. Oh, yes. We'll get I to can't that. wait for this um, one. I told Seth Rosenthal I would, uh, I would ask one question that he proposed, um, but it had to be a serious question. Uh, and specifically for you, Zach. So his question is, um, in your opinion, how tall is Rodney Stuckey? <laughs> How tall is Rodney Stuck? <laughs> yep, that was the serious question Seth I mean, has decided to ask. I mean, maybe, maybe six foot. <laughs> maybe six foot. What is he? Yeah. Like? I always thought Stucky he was like six three. Six three. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, maybe in heels. I don't think he's six three. Google him. Is list- six five? He's what? listed at no, six five. No, no way. Six five. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like being a half foot off on a guy, man. Whoa. Yeah, you said you're you said yeah, you're six yeah. three. Uh, there's <laughs> no way you were looking up to Rodney Stuckey. I don't even think you're looking <laughs> eye level. Does he does he have the, wow. the most little man game of someone who's actually six five? I mean, that's no, he's, he's that's six what, five. hey, that's what Wikipedia says from basketball reference. Hmm. Well, let's no. look at the – did Rodney Stuckey edit his own Wikipedia? <laughs> every morning every back. morning he goes in and edits it and someone turns it back to 6'1". Um, all right. Well, there you go, Seth. Six foot, even though it says 6'5". Now, now you owe us a retweet, no. buddy. Um, cool. All right. Well, go ahead, Prada. Oh, you traded that question for a retweet? Exactly. Yes, I traded that question for a uh, for a retweet. He's a power for player, a man. With Seth, uh, when Seth retweets something, man, that, that comes with a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of listens. Uh, all right, go ahead, Prada. Attack my Sixers. Go for it. Okay. Do you, for the next five years, you have you can choose one of two scenarios: either bet Joel Embiid is plays sixty games for the next five years, and he's out for a different stretch of 22 like each time. So like one year he misses the playoffs, one year he's out midseason, all that. But he plays in 60 games in all five of the next few years, and Ben Simmons does not play in zero games. Wait, wait, wait. Ben Simmons misses every game? Yeah, and you don't have Ben Simmons. Or Ben Simmons plays in literally every game for the next five years, and Joel Embiid plays in zero. Uh, Embiid... First, on a personal level, I think I care more about Joel Embiid than my parents and my brother and (laughs) close to my (laughs) wife a little less than my dog. Um, With that in mind, um, no, Embiid's 60 games means that – and I don't like the idea that we don't get to have Ben Simmons play along with him. I think that kind of hurts – no, that that's the whole point. It's you have to choose one of the worst, one, one terrible. Of the injuries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Zach, Zach, you see what which I have to deal with? Which is that Mike doesn't give me an, a good option or a bad option. I just get two bad options. No, it's just yeah. two horrible options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You want to cut off your right hand or your like, left yeah. hand? Well, I'm right-handed, so yeah, he's now, like you still have, You still have the number mm-hmm. three pick. You still have all that, and I invite you guys to send me very bad wizards <laughs> ones as retaliation. Like, please yeah. do. Okay, we'll think. Uh, you get to choose one of those okay. two scenarios. Right, give me, give me the Embiid sixty games. Assuming none of those uh, twenty-two games he misses are for like a serious injury, and it's like some combination of rest and like a tweak. Give me the Joel Embiid. Right. Yeah. 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 Let Let's say Let's say sixty games and no lingering mm-hmm. effects beyond normal for the twenty-two mm-hmm. that he misses. Yeah, and, each time. Embiid. Um, and then you use the pick 
you know, this year on a point guard, and then you don't have to really worry about that whole idea of having Simmons play point guard and how that'll work and what it'll look like and all that. So uh, give me Embiid, but I'll preface that with the entire world is underrating Ben Simmons at this point, and only for the fact that he hasn't played yet. And the idea that we are now, like, denigrating, and I know that you're friggin' A1 on this, Prada, that, like, knocking him down a peg because we haven't seen him play in the NBA, even though that every moment of his collegiate and high school career and AAU career said, I'm going to be better in the NBA than I am in all this helter-skelter, five guys crashing the boards, everyone holding each other, parents refereeing the games crap. Um, Sounds like the Sixers. (laughs) Come on, man. Um, I'm not quite at making that Sixers-Wizards bet yet, but in about two seasons, I'll get there, Prada, and then then we'll figure out something. Well, that's the easy way out. All right, so you take Embiid, Embiid, Zach. What would you do? I will say this. I'm also on the Ben Mm, Simmons train because, and this is an amazing reason, I got to watch him up close, uh, basically courtside for the Utah Summer League last year. And and even though it's summer league, you can couch all those you know qualifiers. Um, I I just I haven't seen many guys pass the ball mm. the way he does in person. Like it is a truly elite special ability. And so I like just based off that. I know he can't shoot. I don't even know that he knows which <laughs> hand to shoot with. He can't make layups. <laughs> like there there are a lot of issues here. But just watching him pass the ball, I do think he's going to be a good NBA player. I don't know he's going to be an All NBA player, <laughs> but he's going to be good. Um, with all that said. I I am in the same camp with as as been with JoJo. Like I love him more than most <laughs> of my family, um, and even the rest of my family. They've got some work to do to get over to get over Embiid in this case. So um, yeah, give me sixty games of JoJo. Uh, even like it's just uh, like seeing him play in his first game. I didn't even care what the stats were. I didn't even care if they won. I didn't care about anything. As soon as he touched the ball, I was like, "Yep, I'm in. I'm still in." Like this is still one same. of my favorite players. Well said. Well said. All right. Couldn't agree more. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that validation there. I'm still thinking of a good hypothetical to get a, to get to Prater here, but we'll we'll figure out a way to use some of his some of his players. Um, I mean there there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened with my favorite true. team, so you shouldn't have that's too true. much trouble. Um, yeah. all right, do you want to go through some of the ones that we got yeah. submitted? Um let's see. I think there's a good one here on it was oh, I like this one just for for a what if. What if Arvidas Sabonis? This is from Casey Key, Casey K. Um, what if Arvidas Sabonis came to the NBA at like twenty one years old? How are we thinking about his legacy and what did he do to the NBA? He's Jokic, he's Jokic, he's Jokic. Right? but back when there was no such thing as a guy that skilled at his size, except for he did exist. It just was you know in the Eastern Bloc of the Soviet Union. But he, he's Jokic, but he's but he's way yeah, more yeah, nimble, yeah. right? And more powerful. So yeah, like but I he's, think he's yeah. bigger. Yeah. Thicker, thicker, um, thicker. But he could mm-hmm. move. Like I mean, USSR yep. Sabonis. Like just based on those clips against you know young David Robinson. Like oh, he yeah. could really move. Um, so I go. I mean, I guess he's going to still have injury concerns, yeah. right? Like he, he still has bad knees and everything. But I like yeah. Like he's a he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's probably a champion. He's a cornerstone yeah. guy. Like he was instead unreal. of like Duckworth now, on the Blazers team, you got Arvina right. Sabonis well, actually, playing. Wait, see, that's actually a good hypothetical right there. What if right. you replaced the Blazers centers in the early 90s with Sabonis? How many championships would they have won? They made the think, finals. I don't think Mike gets that second yeah. ring. That's an interesting one. You think they beat, you think they beat the Bulls that year? Yeah. yeah. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have seen that, too. I mean, granted, I was like five, but those are my early memories of basketball. So it would have been cool to see a, a big man with that type of ability because that was a much more fragile front court from the Bulls. That's, you know, that's pre-Rodman. Yeah. There, there is no well-defined, sculpted Scotty. He's a much skinnier guy in 1991-92 time. Um, yeah. 
He's 26 wow. years old that year, Man. by the way. So, yeah, that he'd be right in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of those. We yeah. had another Drazen Petrovic-related uh, question. I like that the hypotheticals always come to players who never made it here in their prime or, or died before their prime, unfortunately. There are no Benji-related questions for this for any of your 30 for 30 fans out there. Um, Drazen comes into the league younger, doesn't die, good, obviously, uh, and uh, <laughs> establishes himself as an MVP and best foreigner to play the game. Do we think there is then a much larger and earlier influx of, uh, of European players to the game, and how does that kind of shape the world sport, which it is now, but maybe 20 years earlier? Um, that's from Vidor Augusto. So thank you for that question there, too. Um, any thoughts on Drazen before we move on? I didn't get to watch yeah. him very much, so I don't really have much to yeah, say about him. Yeah, most of what I've seen is like, you know, a couple of hardwood classic <laughs> games here and there, and then like a lot of the documentary stuff, um, like Once yeah, Brothers, like, yep. you know, you see a lot of the play there. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's the greatest, you know, international or European player mm-hmm. ever in this scenario, but he's he's Certainly. in a conversation. Like, it did seem like he was yeah, pretty special. It seemed like he kind of had that, uh, like, Manu skill set, and granted, you know, he's South American, but uh, that type of, um, you know, plussed up offensive game with the ability to kind of show what the future of being a, a combo guard would be, but in the, you know, early mid nineties. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. Okay, go ahead. I have another go ahead. Right, Greg, Greg yeah. Esposito, former sons.com person now, uh, works for sports 360 Arizona. Um, who would you rather have on your team for wizards, Michael Jordan or 40 year old LeBron? <laughs> oh, I was a, I was a big fan of wizards, Michael Jordan. <laughs> not me. Well, yeah, I guess I wasn't as connected to the situation. <laughs> it wasn't the novelty for Mike. It was like a day in and day out experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with LeBron at 40. I feel like LeBron at 40 could still be an all time point guard if that's the way he wants to play. I keep thinking like Mark Jackson was basically born a 40 year old man uh, in the way that he played right. the game, and he put his ass into guys and backed him in. And we all know like how dominant and how interesting that Cavs offense can be when LeBron goes to the post to operate. So he can mature into a pretty good distributor if that's the way he wants to move his game. And at 40 years old, with this type of uh, uh, physical build that he has, the way he takes care of himself, eats, you know, bodies a sanctuary, all that stuff, um, which we know 40-year-old Jordan or 38-year-old Jordan didn't give a shit. You know, he was playing his 18 before the game and, and eating like crap and smoking cigars and all that. Um, so 40-year-old LeBron could still be probably more physically gifted than most, like, 23-year-old triathletes. So I'm going to go with 40-year-old LeBron. Yep, yep, yep. Me too. Yep. And that's not to say it wasn't awesome watching a well over the hill Michael Jordan hold back the Wizards franchise for a little while. That was kind of fun. Um. That's great. No, they, I mean, if it, they were going to be held back no matter what. So you may as well have the greatest of all time totally. holding them back. Uh, you had the two hand block on yeah. Ron Mercer. That's yeah. a great moment. Um, yeah, you had the shot okay. over Sean Marion in the yep. All Star game. That's a great moment. Uh, I think he's like at least 75% responsible for Mariah Carey in the jersey <laughs> that's dress. True. That's true. So, great like, Those are three yep. great moments I yep. have to take. Um, all right. Okay. Rip Hamilton, though, would have been a good wizard. Yeah, that's just true. saying. Well, I'm maybe still the number one Courtney Alexander fan <laughs> in the world, so uh, I'm going to disagree with you. So, so hopefully Courtney yeah. Alexander retweets this. Um, okay, yeah. so uh, <laughs> let's see. Hey, how do you pronounce the, uh, what is it, the, the ZO2s? Is that, what, what are the, what are the, ZO2s? The ZO2s, okay. lots Excellent. of balls. Cool, shoes. so Mike uh, Zavag- Zavagano, is that maybe pronounced Zavagno? Zavagno, he writes. Writer? We got a he writes, writes for our, our cast. Right? Okay, cool. Thanks for this question, Mike, because it's for Zach. Uh, Zach buys the Zo 2s and Lonzo Ball is bad. Or scenario B, 
Zach doesn't buy the Zotus, and Lonzo Ball is a top five player of all time. Which one are you going with? Oh, well, wait. Wouldn't it be better if you were given the Zotus? Because like buying them and he's bad. Yeah. yeah oh, that's I guess the point. I see why this yeah. is, works. So you either have a shitty shoe or you live with the regret that you could have. Maybe it's instead of doesn't buy the Zotus, is you could have you were given you turned down the chance to. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm complicated. Let's just answer the question. Sorry, my okay. fault. <laughs> okay. Now I'm a I'm a Lonzo fan. I think he's going to be really good. Um, I, his shooting th- his shooting form is real weird, but I'm kind of digging. Uh, I don't know how that works at the NBA level, but I enjoy watching him play in college. I think I'm going to enjoy watching him in the NBA, so I want him to be very good. But the novelty of Oni being one of 39 people who owns the Zotus, that's real hard to pass up. So we're always going to get good point guards coming into the league. I got to take the shoes. I do too. I think I, I take, take the, the shoes. shoes. I agree. Yeah. It puts you on a really short list, one of the shortest lists in NBA history. Like, there are more guys who have had really fifty does. point games in in the NBA than guys who own that uh, that pair. So yeah. All right. Here, here's another hypothetical. You either have you have the Zo twos and you can wear them wherever you want. They can just be a collector's item, or you buy the old Gil Zeros and you have to wear them every day. <laughs> Gil Zeros. <laughs> wear like every day, like you're at like a, a black tux wedding and like hey. The f- oh, okay. All right. Fine. Every time you yeah, wear yeah. sneakers, yeah. they have to be the Gil Zeros. Mm. I'm going Gil Zeros, I think. Ooh. I want to take a look at these, though. I'd have I to. I seen them at all. Yeah, I might have to go Gil Zeros. Yeah, I like that you're bringing those up, though, Mike. That's good. I think, wait, they were called the Gil Zeros, right? I remember yeah. he had shoes. Man, this is now we're predating even my interest in, in uh, the shoe world. Okay, let's, let's move to uh, some more questions here. Um, maybe we should do something that actually could have some applicability to the NBA world uh, that could happen this summer. Um, would you rather see Butler and George being traded to the Celtics? Uh, and or Lakers. Um, no, no, the Butler sorry, goes to one. Okay. George well, goes finish to the that other. question, then, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. So, TM yeah. Warning asks, would you rather see Butler and George being traded to the Celtics ah. and Lakers, and two rebuilds starting, or both staying <laughs> put? Nah, I agree. Move it around. Change this. Change this up. Yeah. Agreed. Change shit up. I think in all I of agree. these cases, changing shit up is is sort of how I'm looking to see this. Yeah. Um, and this probably leads to. A change of management in Chicago, mm-hmm. I would hope. Well, for their sake, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just for their sake. I, uh, if that means more of a chance of a change in management, I, I got to cool. go with that. Yeah. Get him out. Agreed. All right, mm-hmm. Brian, Brian uh, Kias, um, would you rather see Boogie and AD succeed on the Pelicans together or have them go their separate ways and be successful elsewhere? Ooh, I like this question because in my heart of hearts, I want them to be successful in a place like New Orleans, which really gets behind their star athletes, their sports teams in general, it's a pretty ravenous, um, very regional, and it's kind of like their own country of sports in, in New Orleans. I know we have some people in this office here who would agree with that. And so in my heart of hearts, that's where I'd like to see it. Realistically, I, I don't know how there's ever going to be a team that sports both those guys that builds around them well enough to be successful, especially in this Western Conference. But I would rather see them be successful together in New Orleans. Yeah, I like the pairing. It's weird. <laughs> Um, and I, I like weird stuff yeah. working, so I'm going to go with the pairing. Uh, and, and yeah, I would kind of like this New Orleans thing to work. Same. I don't know why, uh, but I just I was there for like a week to do a story earlier in the season, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there, and I would like that building to be good. Agreed. Okay, so what if the Smoothie question Center? is Smoothie, they, okay. Smoothie King? Smoothie King yeah. Center. Smoothie King. Do oh, they rename it or no? Smoothie no, it's King, still Smoothie yeah. King, right? No, it's still there, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
But like, here's, I think a better way of phrasing this question is like, would you rather have them be like kind of moderately successful together where the Pelicans are like successful enough to keep them together and the Pelicans are a good team? Maybe they don't win a title. Maybe, you know, one, they're not like as good as they can be separately. Or would you rather have them play separately and be like the absolute best that they could? Hmm. I guess I would. Yeah, I guess I would like them to be the absolute best. I just I feel like the beauty of AD's game is like he's basically meant to be either the best player on the court or the do everything else to make the players around you that like incremental ten percent better. It's sort of what LeBron does to guys, which is he finds that you know the um, the weakness in their game and then kind of supplements what they need to make them better. It's why like you can blame Kyle Korver for missing the open shots that he got. But he did get the shot, like or the the pass, if you will, like in the pocket, in the spot where he's supposed to hit it, um, and that's kind of what right. AD has that same principle of being. I mean, you saw it when he won the national title at Kentucky. Um, people weren't worried that you know Kid Gilchrist's offensive game had no development to it yet because he was getting the ball exactly where he needed to, and then defensively he did everything for that team. So I'm always going to be someone who thinks that there's really nothing that Anthony Davis can't do on an NBA court. However, on the flip side, Cousins has unbelievable amounts of ability but even more glaring flaws as a teammate and and that's something that i'm not sure they're ever really going to reconcile but i'm obviously interested to see how it plays out um for sure i think i think i'd rather have the pelicans be like a perennial 55 win second round team with those two Mm -hmm. together than for them to be split up and for them to kind of be first and second team all nba every year on let's say ad stays and boogie goes somewhere else I think I'd rather have the Pelicans be good with both of them, not yeah. quite. And that's ways. a harmless. That's a harmless fan base too. Like, there's no one who's like, God, back in 1975 when the Pelicans knocked off my team. Like, that doesn't. That doesn't exist. Obviously, um, there's no, <laughs> I grew up like hating the Celtics because my dad, years before I was born, was like that 1984 Sixers team, or like the 1981 or 86ers that lost to the Lakers, and like my deep-seated fandom. Uh, hatred comes from stuff that literally is before I was born. I mean, it, the Sixers have been in like one mm. significant series in my life. Um, okay, yeah. so let's get a couple more going here because I like two questions here. Um, Addie Joseph sent us a good one. Only one gets into the Hall of Fame: Ben Wallace or Vince Carter? Oh, Vince Carter. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Vince, Vince. But it's it's Vince an interesting Carter. one though because you know Ben Wallace was not just a multiple time Defensive Player of the Year, but he he kind of brought in this ability to have a guy. I mean, there are plenty of players around the NBA now who I think defensively maybe have had a, a chance of being an NBA player because there was a Ben Wallace to set that precedent, uh, which is you know uh, call it Bismack Biombo doesn't play in the league uh, without there being a Ben Wallace to kind of maybe pave the way. But Vince Carter obviously is a generational player who who did make one of the hardest things in basketball work, which is going from being a superstar to being a role player, and that doesn't get enough credit, I guess, uh, either. But I mean. Think if you think about the amount of NBA superstars from his exact era that couldn't make that transition, it's a who's who list. Yeah, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. I do like the Ben Wallace story <laughs> of like you know essentially being discovered by Charles <laughs> Oakley, undrafted guy becomes you know multiple time Defensive Player of the Year and um, and All Star and all that stuff and and making good on like it is one of those really cool stories to have told in a Hall of totally. Fame enshrinement, but. Um, but yeah, I gotta go, Vince. Gotta go Vince. Vince is my guy. Also, Vince is the greatest dunker of all time, and that's that's something you exactly can't undersell. Yeah, who has more of a legacy in the league? Like Ben Wallace has a great <laughs> legacy, but Vince Carter is going to be remembered yeah, for yeah. a lot longer. Exactly. Yeah, I would say so, Vince. Um, Vince. But uh, 
it definitely Vince there. I'm trying to think of another guy we could compare to Vince who's more of a, a similar type player. And I'd obviously say Tracy, but Tracy's about to be in the Hall of Fame, so you know it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, I mean, they both should yeah. be in the Hall of Fame, but if you if I had to choose, I would choose Vince. <laughs> um, ooh, I like this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bo Schwartz, Madsen. One of, one of these two teams <laughs> does not win a title in the next 30 years, the Lakers or the Knicks, but the other one does. Which one is which? Which one to, to never win a title or to not win for the next thirty years? Yeah. Like which one? Which one of the two would you rather win yeah. titles versus which one? Like, and the other one shut out. I think this like, one's which is so easy. <laughs> I, it's the Lakers win, yeah. the Knicks don't. Yeah. It's really? So Why is that? Yeah, because <laughs> I like Jeannie Buss. I like Magic Johnson enough. Um, I don't really know anything about Rob Palenka, but like I, I think there is enough good history there with uh you know outside of jim bus like the bus family owning that team and having it be their business and and doing things mostly yeah. the right way aside from you know maybe the latter kobe years but for the most part like they run it really well as opposed to james <laughs> dolan who is just uh you know just what like he's the guy he's the guy on the corner who's like trying to play all the instruments at once but doesn't know how to play <laughs> any of them and interesting, he's interesting I, choice of metaphor right there. Yeah, and so, um, <laughs> so I just think like I just like I don't want him to have success at anything outside of just you know printing money from cable right. vision or whatever he I has. I completely agree. I've already seen what it feels like and know what it feels like to have the Lakers win the title, uh, and I'm okay with that. I've come to grips with that. Um, yeah. the, now, now, if James Dolan sells. I'm willing to reopen yeah. this question, but as long as James Dolan is involved, uh, so here's I'm my. Out on him. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather Knicks fans have joy than Lakers. That's the that's the thing, right? That's, the thing, though. that's fair. And that's also, fair. it's not just Knicks fans. It's New York is such a basketball mecca, and and there's something special about when you see good basketball, even for the glimpse. Right, they had uh, in 2011. Uh, when the Knicks were good, and they had like a 52-win team that had no chance of winning the title, but there was an extra vibe in the Garden and the Staples Center. No matter what, is what it is. It's a you know celebrity event where some fans get to sit in the upper echelon seats. Um, I, I mean, like, Zach, you you live in LA now, right? Like these are fighting words against your hometown, <laughs> uh, or not hometown, or soon. living town. Yeah, my living town yes. in two weeks. Um, yo, in two weeks, I'm gonna be super <laughs> offended by that. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. right now, but two weeks from now, right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back on the podcast. I'm just going to yell. <laughs> well, you're, you're very much welcome right. to do that. I'll say this: like the idea of envisioning uh, Dolan standing on top of like a float, wearing his uh, you know quickie T-shirt that he took from Draymond Green, um, that makes me physically ill, and I think makes the exact same Knicks fans who would be pumped for that title also physically ill. So you might even have a large yeah, part of that I fan just... base who's like, "Fuck it, Lakers. Maybe they're the one I want to see win." <laughs> At the same time. The memes of James <laughs> Dolan at a championship parade. <laughs> well, you know, you know, he would make sure to have like it starts with my band playing and it ends with my band playing. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Do you think they'd have? Do you think he'd have a float with his band playing, or do you think that he would wait until they get to the stage at the end to like play it off? God. Yes, James Dolan. He's the worst. Yeah, both of them. I think both, both of them. Of those things. And oh I think wait, as- would you rather? Wait, here's another. Would you rather? Would you rather have the uh, float, or would you rather have the thing at the end? Uh, thing at the end. Thing at the end. Thing at the end because I think as players are giving their speeches <laughs> on the dais, I think they're. I think his band's still playing in the background and like you know, Chris Tapp says we worked really hard yeah. for this stuff and then and then James would come in and just sing like work really hard like you know like something like that. Like I think that's yeah, with this harmonica in hand. Yeah, was it JD and the Straight Shooters? Isn't that the band? 
Straight, straight shot? Straight yeah. God, that's terrible. Oh, I can't stand him. Uh, I know a bunch of my friends who are Knicks fans also loathe him. Uh, and the idea of his band playing at a parade probably would make him cringe. Um, one more question here, and then we'll get to my, my rapid fires. Um, Anton Tio Seco, I just continue to bungle everyone's name uh, who sent us questions, but thank you for this question. Uh, would you rather have a team that goes 82-0 in the regular season or 16-0 in the playoffs? Which is more impressive and which is actually worse for the NBA? What do you think, Zach? He puts it in quotes because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, obviously that's well, what the whole worst arguments, yeah, what we've gone um, through. So after game three of the finals, I was really in on the idea of the Warriors going 16-0. One, because I wanted it to end, <laughs> and two, because I just think, like, that's a cool thing. Like, I don't want that happening all the time, but for that to happen once, uh, it seemed really cool. But I think I would pick 82-0 because as much as I like the history aspect of a team going perfect in the playoffs um, – I do want a little bit more yeah. drama in the playoffs. I want a little, a little bit higher stakes and, uh, and everything. So I would rather the 82 and 0 in the regular yeah. season. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. Same. Yeah, could you imagine? Because the other thing, too, is that the regular season is slowly getting more and more That's devalued. Right. Right. And this would actually like bring some excitement to the regular season in a way. Like you, the 73 and 9 season last year was just such an yep. exhilarating year to mm-hmm. cover. Like there's just it so was. much interesting stuff to write about. And, you know, this year we had its great moments with the MVP race and all that. But at the end, you know, having devoted so much time to watching games in the regular season like we do, it did feel a little hollow to be at the end. And it's like, oh, at the end of the day, the Warriors were going to win anyway. So why did we care so much about Westbrook versus Harden versus Kawhi and all that stuff? Um, whereas the year before, like, there was so there was so much – there's so much of a reason to stay interested in the 73 win chase. And, you know, at the, the last night of the season where at the same time the Warriors win 73 and Kobe scores 60, like I'll never cover That's a crazy. night like that ever again. Yeah, we'll never I, have a night like that. I got sent to the Warriors 73rd win instead of to Kobe's 60-point fun- finale. And uh, and it was the most – like, and as someone who covered, you know, the Tyreek Evans-Kings <laughs> – years and uh <laughs> and the Timberwolves and the year after LeBron left back for Cleveland in Miami um I've I've covered some pretty irrelevant basketball moments in my life uh somehow the 73rd win was the most irrelevant moment I've ever covered like it was like yeah. no one cared and I, I cared because I was there and it's like it's history and everything no one cared everyone cared about Kobe that night pretty incredible right. yeah I almost forgot about how amazing that kind of like confluence of NBA history was pretty special night pretty tough to match too yeah I don't think we're ever going to have a night like that in our I'll do, lifetimes. I'll do one more from uh, from Addy here because it leads well into uh, the kind of head-to-head questions we'll rapid fire with and end with here. But uh, one more from Addy Joseph, which was, uh, would you rather have Clay Thompson or Kemba Walker in an Isaiah Thomas-like Celtic situation, right? So think about Isaiah in his current situation, and then you get to have your choice of those two guys, either Thomas uh, Thompson or Kemba, surrounded by defenders. Who would you rather have? No, I think he's saying. I think he's saying. Would you rather have Clay Thompson at any point on any team, or Kemba specifically in a situation where he has good defenders to hide his oh, okay. size? Okay, sure. That's the. I think yeah, that's no, how that I read sounds. that question. Oh, so I, I was looking that at that as like a a here's a guy in a star that, role for a team a, like that's Austin how I looked built, at it, too. it, which made me lead to like. Oh, Clay Thompson is essentially the new mm-hmm. Reggie Miller. Like that's kind of how, oh, I, yeah, how it, I how I read it. It could have been read that way too. I don't um, know. Adi, you got to be more clear <laughs> with your questions. Like we're not we're not use commas smart. and stuff. Confuses us. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you an editor? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I, I think I um, think that Reggie Miller example is a really good analogy, actually. Yeah, I think I would take the Clay Thompson as Reggie as the new Reggie Miller just to see what it looks like, uh, because I think the Kemba thing would look a lot like what Isaiah yeah, was this yeah. year, right? Kind of know what that is. That that uh, Reggie Miller example is yeah. really good. In fact, yesterday, uh, in a conversation again here in the office, I compared the two because people forget how good of a defender Reggie Miller was and how well he played MJ head to head in those defensive matchups and probably how that, that Indiana Pacers team would have had a title or two, again, if not for Michael Jordan, with which a lot of teams could use that excuse. But Clay is that very similar, you know, ex- exceptional wing defender who's a great shooter. So that's a, that's a good one there. Um, I think I tend to agree with you on that, Zach. Um, okay, let's move to these head-to-heads. I have a few that we've put down here. We kind of mentioned that Rubio, George Hill, they're all in that same ilk. This is just like you watch a lot of basketball, you follow the game closely, this is not on your hypothetical favorite team or any of that. This is just like who you would you rather have on your team. This is one or the other. So the one that was kicked around yesterday, and Mike, we already started this conversation, so I'll let you get the first jab and then go ahead, Zach, is you are adding to, uh, to an established basketball team needs a point guard. Do you want Westbrook or Mike Connolly? Prada. Well, when, yeah, so the, the idea is you have your stars yeah, you, have, you have a team and you're adding a guy to it. Right. One guy. Or, or maybe another way to phrase it is that, like, which teams would take Westbrook and which teams would take Mike Conley? Um, no, let's say, well, hey, let's, lose, let's say use the Timberwolves. That's a great, ex- a great team. Okay, they need a point well, guard. If I'm the Timberwolves, I would rather have Mike Conley. Hmm. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I agree. <laughs> this is the weirdest <laughs> part about this conversation is that Westbrook yeah. is going to be the MVP of the NBA. Right. It sounds right. super dumb, but I think yeah, I agree. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah, Mike Connolly was the answer to I think seventeen or eighteen of the teams that we speculated on yesterday. Which, <laughs> oh, you actually we actually went through all. Well, today, Mike, we? you're not you're not here. Uh, so okay, so wait, which teams would which teams were West? Did we take Westbrook for? I'm kind of curious what you well, guys. I think, I think on. there are certain teams right now, like say Orlando, um, who might be better off having a guy like Westbrook to help them become a good team, whereas Mike Connolly might not be able to really you know augment the players they currently have. Um, the Knicks, for example, the Knicks would rather have a Westbrook right now than a Connolly. They have more than enough holes to fill where Westbrook can fill uh, more needs for a team, but then you are literally moving your team into his basketball realm and sensibility. Oh, God. I would love to see a conversation between Phil Jackson and Russell Westbrook on why <laughs> Russ needs to run the triangle. <laughs> I would, I'd pay $1,000 to course. watch that conversation. Yeah, that'd be- Russ has his own triangle where he just dribbles in a triangle, and he's like, oh, see, I did it. I, I imagine the Phil Jackson-Russell <laughs> Westbrook uh, conversation being one of those Larry David moments in Curb where he's, like, staring at someone, and he does the kind of, like, eye to the left, eye to the right, and they both don't say anything, and then they just go, hmm, okay, and then walk away. Like, that's basically it. That's how that would go, in my, in my, my opinion there. Just Is that your second Curb I just because, well, I mean, today. everything could be, everything can, everything can go back show. to Curb or The Simpsons, man. We could, we could do this for, forever here. Um, all right. Next one. Again, briefly touched upon here. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Millsap or LaMarcus Aldridge? Oh, Millsap. <laughs> I, I would never want LaMarcus Aldridge <laughs> on my team. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, let's throw a monkey wrench yeah. into this then. Millsap on his next mm. contract or LaMarcus Aldridge on his current contract? You could put Millsap on two <laughs> contracts. I'd take him over LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> really? Okay. I, think Aldridge, I just think Aldridge is... Bad for team culture, and I don't think he's all that. I like Millsap more, much more as a player, and I think contracts kind of have a way of evening out around you. So, I'm going to say Millsap as well. I mean, I mean, I mean, Millsap's a better player, but Millsap's going to. Would you do you want Paul Millsap on your team making what like 50 million at age 36, yeah. or would you rather just like play one more year out of Lamarcus Aldridge's 
deal and you yeah. know see if you can find somebody better. Yeah. Take the cap flexibility. You're thinking too real world right no, now, Mike. I'll take I'll take yeah. Millsap. I just I despise watching the Marcus Aldridge play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> All right, next one. Let's see. Um, you're the Celtics. This is not about trades. This is not about free agency. Who is the best fit of these four guys for your team? Hayward, Butler, Paul George, or Blake Griffin? Ooh. You only one, get to pick one, one of those one, yeah. players. And they both, they all That's get right. the same, same contract. contract. This right. is not about how you got them yeah. either. This is just they're on your team with this roster. And assume, put, put Markel Fultz on that team too. Yeah, I got to go Paul hmm. George. Uh, yeah, I think I would probably go Paul what, George. What's as the well. reasoning? Why uh, Paul George over a Hayward or a Butler? I think if you still have Isaiah Thomas and you have Fultz, you need someone who's a little bit better off the ball. And I frankly think that um, George has developed bad habits in Indiana because he has the ball in yeah. his hands so much. And the more you take it away from him, the better the player he becomes. So while I don't think George had the best season of the bunch, I think he would slide in best with the way the best Celtics three-point play. shooter of the group too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I like how Blake wasn't even discussed there, which is kind of speaks to where his stock has maybe potentially fallen to at this point. Um, yeah. I think I would rank it Paul George, Gordon Hayward, Jimmy Butler, Blake Griffin in terms of best yeah, I think fit. I, Interesting. I, think I agree with yeah. that too. Maybe Butler over Hayward, but that's that's a tough one. That's splitting hairs. Um, okay, next one. Next one. Um, on next year's Cleveland Cavaliers team, again, how we get to this point is notwithstanding. Who's a better fit to help them potentially win the title next year? <laughs> oh, God. Kevin Love or Carmelo Anthony? Kevin Love? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be This is just Kevin like Love. every hypothetical I got from Knicks fans was some variation of how do we get rid of Derrick Rose and Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, uh, which is funny. Well, here's one that Ricky, sent, Ricky DM'd mm-hmm. me about that was, you're LeBron James. You have one of two choices. You stay in Cleveland for the rest of your career, or after 2018, you go to the Spurs and play with CP3 and Kawhi Leonard, and the rest of your team is gutted. You have no idea how to fill it out. <laughs> Zach, go ahead. I, however you want to answer that. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what do you th- I just yeah, got really... I just got really sad. That's my yeah. answer. I just got really sad. What do you think, Prada? So, so yeah, again, so it's basically CP3, LeBron, and Kawhi, but you lose Danny Green, you lose Aldridge, which I, I know for Zach is not a big deal, and it's probably a good right, thing. No, you lose, like, basically all your complimentary players and the other. The rest of your team has to basically be rebuilt right. from scratch, or you stay with the Cavs. Huh. Um, I think you should stay with the Cavs. Yeah. yeah, but that's it's an interesting one. All right, well, thank you for that. Uh, that Ricky O'Donnell sent us that one. Thank you, Ricky. There you, you DM go. me that um, one. All right, last couple here, um, and then we'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> this is the Derrick Rose persuasion of uh, the Knicks uh, questioning. Uh, Derrick Rose or Jeremy Lin, just in general, as value in the NBA right now? Jer- Jeremy Lin. Yep, Lin. Jeremy Lin, agreed. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's do the Rubio-George Hill debate. Who would you rather have as your point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You mentioned you think George Hill is going to be their point guard of the future anyhow. So right. I kind of know where you stand on that, Zach. But, uh. Uh, I do love me some Rubio. I think he's highly underappreciated. Um, and I pray to God that this latest stretch of like, hey, maybe Rubio can shoot becomes true. But I got to go George Hill. Pray to. Yeah, George Hill. Although George Hill's already 31. How old is Rubio? 8? 28? Yeah, so the three-year age difference is like kind of significant. Although George Hill hasn't exactly racked up a ton of minutes. Rubio's, Rubio's twenty-six. He did have a, did have a weird. 
Oh, 27. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, he did, George Hill did have this weird toe thing that kept bothering him all season long and really frustrated a lot of people here in Salt Lake City. Um, and so I don't know. Maybe that's a thing moving forward, but still, it's yeah. probably George Hill. Yeah. Wait, there's a five-year age that's difference lot, yeah. plus that injury, although Rubio it isn't exactly like the most He's not a picture, player right. in the world. I think it's actually I was a my snap reaction was George Hill, but now I think it actually is a maybe a little closer yeah. than I realized. Because we're talking like a four like it, like a four year deal. Like you could pay George Hill to until he's thirty five, thirty six. That's yeah. not terrible. He's not like an, an above the yeah, range right. per se. Yeah. Exactly. Are we are we assuming that Hill gets a like Rubio is on his current contract and Hill is gets like a much bigger contract? Ooh, Ooh if it's Rubio on like thirteen a year versus double that, which yeah. it could be for Hill. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'd go Rubio. Yeah, see, now I think the way more I think about it, I think the more Rubio actually would be the right answer here. All right, I'm yeah. back to Ricky. Stick with, with your guns. Yeah. All right. That's right. That's right. All right, last, uh, last two here. Um, and this was a debate we had. Damn, how many do we uh, get? We got two Shit. more here. We have uh, a big men question and a two-guard related question. So, And one of which will be um, in your wheelhouse, Mike. Okay, so – uh, last year we had talked about before the year, there was just you know chatter about Przingis and Jokic, two interesting young foreigners. <laughs> One of them had an incredible breakout season, uh, to say the least, and the other had a downtrodden season, mostly marred because of his franchise's uh, ineptitude in Przingis' case. So coming out of last season, I think there might be a different opinion than going into last season on where this stands, but I'd love to get you guys' thoughts in a perfect world here. Jokic or Przingis? Ooh, I've been a little bit of a late adopter to Jokic, but I think I'm now all in on him. He's also younger. Uh, I just I, I worry that he's not can't defend mm-hmm. anyone. Um, so I think I would now take Jokic. But like before the year, for a long time, this was Porzingis for me. I think I'm sticking with Porzingis. Yeah. Now mm. this is like a situation where we get to get him yeah, away yeah, from yeah, the Knicks, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take him away from the Knicks. I think I think the upside is is higher, and I would go. Like I just, like I think he can just be a better two way player. He stretches the floor really well. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go I, I like to think in my head if if they were both somehow dropped on the Spurs, right? How would they mature into what type of players? And I think right. Ooh, well, although Jokic on the Spurs, yeah, would be he'd be awesome. Yeah, I was gonna there. say. I, I feel like I mean Jokic is how many years younger? I mean Jokic is only was only like twenty years old this year. Oh, I guess they are yeah, the same like, age. Mm. I thought Porzingis was a little older than we realized. Jokic is twenty two, right? Yeah, and Porzingis yeah. is like okay. I guess Porzingis I, is twenty one. I think. Yeah. No, Porzingis is twenty two as well. I thought Porzingis, Porzingis was turns twenty two on August second. Yeah. Oh, so he's younger. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Forget that. I mean, look, one of them is definitely. Uh, I don't know what either their finished body types are going to be. Like, there are definitely some maturing to be right. done on both their parts physically. Porzingis with forty pounds, thirty-five more pounds of muscle, and how that grows—it's it's, going to be much more akin to what we saw about how Kevin Garnett's body matured. Um, that's sort of a more of the yeah. prototype there. Um, that's scary, specifically because if with the right coaching, with the right teammates around him, like Porzingis is going to challenge guys at the rim. Jokic isn't. Although, think about like—I I don't think he becomes this player, but Jokic getting into shape the same way Marcus sure, Paul got sure. into shape. That's a good example. Right. Like that could that could yield some pretty impressive yeah. results too. Yeah, that's a really tough one. I, th- I think I'm taking Jokic at this yeah. point. 
Honestly. Yeah, I, I'll give a slight edge to Porzingis, but I don't feel yeah, confident. I, I think I, I agree with you, Zach, but I could go either way here. And, and I will say that watching Jokic become the player he was last season was one of the you know, treats of the NBA season. So uh, that's, uh, that's one. Okay, last one here. Last, last but not least, obviously, Mike. Um, it's Bradley Beal and C.J. McCollum. Again, contracts don't matter here. We're just talking to... We're this just is talking easy. About, this is, is easy. It easy. It's yeah. It's is Bradley it Beal. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because there's there's definitely pushback. Bradley Beal is better better two way player, three years younger, and had a better season. Oh, better season is for sure arguable. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I guess are we, McCollum are we did have a really good year. Are we factoring in injury history? Are we are we concerned about Beal going forward? This was his first non-injured what? season, right? And it's been the same injury every year the yeah. first four years. Are we worried yes, about that? The Joel Embiid in me just said yes. It does matter. Uh, <laughs> okay, but does, didn't McCollum have the two different foot injuries earlier in his career? Broke an ankle. It's not like he, he's, he yeah. broke his ankle. No, no, he had two. The, when he came out of college, he had two didn't different. Did he break his? Or he broke his foot at Lehigh, right? That's what it was. Like a broken right. foot. He had the same injury twice Agreed. early in his career. Now he's overcome sure, that. I'm sure. just saying that, you well, know, Bill had stress-related at, injuries, at, and stress-related injuries are chronic. Well, yeah, but at the same age, they had this. They had yeah, these injuries right. at the same age. You know, like McCollum was 21, and when he had his injuries, and Beal was also 21. I don't know. To me, this is actually wow. pretty easy. Well, we gotta uh, get we gotta get Christian Winfield on one of these. He said it's McCollum, and it's it's that's an easy one for him. And I'm. I, yeah, I need, I need, I need, uh, I need Mike to earmuffs this one. It's it's CJ for me, and I don't even really think about nice. it. Really nice, love it. Interesting. I just like, I just like, C- I think because I think CJ can be a lead guard. I don't think Bradley Beal can be a full time yeah. lead guard. Mm, I think so he I can. Think I love CJ McCollum. I I'm just a bigger Bradley yeah. Beal fan. Yeah, and the age difference is a huge deal. I mean, there's a three year gap. I yeah. like I like both their games a lot, and I and I think that what Beal showed me in these playoffs, which was uh, which was another gear, I think oh. na- it was still yeah, he was he was yeah. really really good. Um, I think I give a slight edge to Beal as a two way player. McCollum's a little soft on defense still. Definitely love what I saw from Beal, but that injury aspect, and I mean I have to to code and shade everything in this because of the Embiid conversation earlier in this podcast, but like. I look at those stress-related leg injuries as something where he could be cruising at a beautiful altitude for next season, and then all of a sudden it hurts, and that scares me. That's much more in line with be. how I feel about Joel Embiid at all moments of the day. Like, even outside of the basketball season, I worry that I'm just going to read that he was going to block a kid's shot down yep. in the shore and, and came up lame, right? And so, like, those things. I, I yeah. have a question for you. Are you Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm a hypochondriac for other people. And you know what that feels like? <laughs> it feels weird. Yeah, yeah. Like physically, I feel great. Mentally, I'm just a little nervous for my favorite athletes at all times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is super, super healthy and, and normal. Um. <laughs> Do you feel this way about people who you're close to? No, nah, they can handle themselves well. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of all right. Well, I guess I won't be asking you to feel <laughs> hey, me. Hey, genuinely right. though, uh, for real though, when Mike, when you hurt your elbow the other day, I think I was genuinely concerned, and, and I owed you that applied empathy you because and, you and Zito made fun of me. Zito made fun of you. I backed you up, man. I said it was it was real, and and then you took his side. <laughs> it was the only side, and Zach. The only backstory on that is that Mike, you know, fell off his bicycle because of a punk teenager Ooh. who cut him off on his skateboard. Like that is kind of funny, but. And I, I had a hairline fr- – I mean, it's almost all better now. But, so, okay, here, can, we, can I ask this question? Like, is that – to say that you fell off your bike, is that, like, a lame way to injure yourself? Like, should I lie about that to make it sound cooler? 
No, because it's not like you just tipped over on your own. Like if someone <laughs> right. someone else is involved, <laughs> that's true. Um, that's true. Then then yeah, that's a totally yeah. legitimate thing. Plus those hair like it sounds like nothing. Those hairline fractures suck. Yeah. Just like a stress yeah. fracture in your leg, rather, probably right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Because okay. Zito was saying that I, that's a really he started laughing when I told him that's, that's how I got injured. That's how Zito would have acted to anything though. Like if I was like, yeah, I, mean, I blew out my Achilles playing uh playing basketball, he would have started laughing. But it's not funny at all, man. It was like a year injury of my life. But uh, that's just how Zito reacts, man. That's the that's the. He didn't laugh at your Achilles. <laughs> I injury. hope not. Not to my face at least. Um, cool. All right. All well, right. this was a uh, yeah. All right. Wait. 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 Oh. One last hypothetical. Would you rather break your elbow <laughs> falling off a bike or tear your Achilles? I break both my elbows before I tore another Achilles. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> fuck that sucked. All right. Well, um, now that we've rehashed our worst moments of our lives and the fact that I don't care about the well-being of my family, um, we can uh, we can get to the end of this <laughs> the end of this podcast. Zach, we really appreciate you coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Oh. Appreciate it. Yeah, I had a blast. Awesome, Thank you awesome. Guys. And, uh, and we can we can hear you on TBA, uh, the Basketball Analogy Pod. We can read you on FanRag Sports, uh, anywhere else that we can find you, other than uh, you, your movie takes <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, you can you can read all of my Tiny House Hunter updates on uh, Twitter at Talkoops. Awesome. Oh, actually, I have some Tiny House Hunter thoughts, so I'm looking forward to reading these. <laughs> Excellent. Check them out on Twitter at... Why do these people get tiny houses and then complain that there's not, like, kitchen space? Like, what did you guys expect? Right. And, and they're like, what oh, are you I was expecting? hoping for full appliances. <laughs> yeah, of course you were. <laughs> like, oh, there's not a lot of space in the loft. Like, oh, and really? I, I'm I got stuck. A lot of, I, I got a lot of questions about people that want a composting toilet. <laughs> like that's a, that's just not okay. I they're always also wondering like, oh, where does our pet stay in this house? Like, is there enough room for the dog to run around? Yeah. There's a like, family there's, that bought a school bus that had been turned into a tiny home, and they're like, hey, we you know this gives us great freedom. No, that makes you homeless. <laughs> you live out of your car. They got a word for that. That's oh, funny. All right, well, every, we could go yeah, on. Every, everyone, that'll be another podcast. We'll just singularly talk yeah. about tiny homes but uh check out uh, zach at uh, talk hoops on twitter uh, he's a great follow this was a lot of fun and until next time everybody this is the limited upside podcast